Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom, joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm not too bad. I've, I've actually reached the point of lockdown where I am watching another Star Wars cartoon. So I think that provides a decent level of insight to where I'm at right now. <laughs> what, what one are you watching this time? Uh, I am watching Star Wars Resistance. Is that the 789 uh, one? Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the Clone Wars Rebels for the sequel era. Right. It's, um, where I'm at right now, anyway, it's all still before The Force Awakens. Okay. But my understanding is that it does cross over in much the same way as the Clone Wars does. And I think there are only two seasons and it will eventually kind of cross over even with the film, which must not be named. So, yeah, that's where I'm at right now anyway. I think it's because, as we'll get to, Josh, we now have a sort of route out of lockdown here and I feel like, well, I'm not sure I can justify if I'm going to watch this, it needs to be during a lockdown. And now that I've got a sort of deadline of sorts, I'm going to get into it. Because I've been thinking about it for a while, and so here we are. I'm five episodes down, got about 40 still to go. <laughs> More excitingly, Josh, you're becoming a Twitch sensation. Uh, you could say that, yeah. But but not not a Park Rush Twitch sensation, we must stress. This is a, this is a solo enterprise, and yes. you've been playing non-Thing Park games, is controversially. Uh, yeah, most of the time, I don't play theme park games i know heaven forbid how can i say that on this show it's complete sacrilege but most of the time i play other stuff i actually very rarely play i i I play theme park games in strong bursts and then i tend to like burn myself out on them and go play other stuff that makes sense I, i think i'm much the same i had that beautiful moment last year where Lockdown was early. We were early in lockdown. We were doing this podcast still. It was just about the only thing that brought much structure to my life at that point, other than Animal Crossing, obviously. Naturally. And I had a a wonderful, nostalgic session with Rollercoaster Tycoon 3, where I spent pretty much an entire day building a theme park and had a great time. And that kind of burnt me out all in one go, other than for when we needed to play them for work, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, having a, having a full year of playing uh, all of these obscure uh, to well-known theme park video games, uh, I think, uh, did me in a little bit. Yes, um, that's understandable. I think like you were saying last week when you suggested, hey, when lockdown maybe is over and we're allowed to mix again, we should maybe revisit together some of those theme park films for which yes. it will have been you know two years for some of them since we watched them and just return to them, one, to see how they've held up to you know for content purposes maybe we'll find ourselves wanting to do that with some of the video games in yeah absolutely um you know current trajectory maybe there's a planet coaster 2 out maybe we'll just have to wait and see on that i suppose absolutely. i guess they just put planet zoo out right so yeah yeah i don't know what they'll have planned next they're not averse to doing licensed games i wonder if there'll be any more jurassic stuff jurassic World for them Evolution to do the third film comes out, third Jurassic World film. Don't Maybe. Know. Maybe they could fix the um, pathing algorithm in that game, in Planet Coaster. Who knows? Look, uh, this podcast, as much as it is a news service, I like to think, Josh, 
as well as a fantastic comedy show. It's also oh, yes. a soapbox. Yeah. And if you want to go off on one again about Planet Coaster's pathing algorithm, then the floor is yours. Take this opportunity I'll, while you can. I'll I'll leave my Planet Coaster soapboxing at, at that uh, little jibe uh, for now. I'm sure if I play any more games on my Twitch channel that are similar to Planet Coaster, um, my Twitch channel being twitch.tv slash bc.fordium, um, find me on Twitter, bcd underscore Josh, then uh, I will get right back on my soapbox once again over there. Regular listeners will know, by the way, that having refused to do the sign-off last week because he couldn't remember all the Park Rush you know, <laughs> socials, Josh has just there, without any invitation, on a whim, just plucked his own personal Twitch persona and Twitter page out and thrown it to you all. And frankly, it's a disgrace. Uh, yeah, well, yes. But you're correct. <laughs> right. There were clearly sort of two to three attempts there to... <laughs> Sometimes I, I sometimes I forget about whether the like handle has podcasts at the end of it or not. You know, right? Well, there is. I must. I must confess, there there's some inconsistency there because Twitter, I believe, it does end in podcast. Twitch, though, I don't think it does. I think it's just Park Rush. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, to be fair, I think Park Rush would be the default, but obviously, if it's taken, you need to think outside the box a little bit. And tap into your creativity, and that's how you end up with Park Rush Podcast, <laughs> the most creative of names. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like on anyway. uh, Twitter. I can't have BC Dark Fourteen because it's too long. That's what she said. <laughs> right, we need to move on. I feel like within that as per usual truncated introduction there were a few potential opportunities to branch out into different news stories we were talking about lockdown we were talking about jurassic park so there are two stories that relate to those things that we could dive into should we start with lockdown josh as we've finally been given some some hope i suppose and some target dates for the lockdown we have going on here we've been in lockdown since basically the new we've basically been in lockdown for all of 20 21 for some of us because before this national lockdown we had this sort of regional approach and where we live we were in the highest level of that for about two weeks before Christmas anyway so we've essentially been in lockdown for even longer than that but we've finally been given a kind of roadmap for uh, for our escape and I think most people you know there's some stuff that that's going to change in March but it's mostly relevant if you have kids or are a kid because you'll be going back to school. But for most people, I think it's it's not till April that they start getting a little, like we could start getting a bit excited and be able to actually do stuff. And most importantly, of course, for us, I assume anyway, is that on April 12th, we will, if all goes well, be able to go to a theme park, Josh. Oh, yeah. Does that seem conservative to you? You, you? I guess that's around the time that theme parks would be opening up anyway. I mean, they don't usually open until the spring here so it's not a huge delay i mean or is it may that they normally open i must admit i'm not too sure it feels too it feels it's so long ago now tom i couldn't even tell you fair enough (laughs) um but having said that um i yeah it's gonna be I, i went in july last year uh and it seemed fine 
obviously mm. got to play it by ear. But uh, I, I think we're we're on a we're on a road to recovery, and you've got to tease out some stuff, see how it plays out, and hope hope it's a success. Yes, for sure. I mean, as as it was the case last year, they'll have to. I'm, I'm sure they'll have to impose capacity restrictions, social distancing, masks, etc. One thing that might be different initially is that indoor dining and hotels isn't going to be allowed until May. So, in terms of uh, seating when eating, you're going to have to be outdoors. And that was not the case when you went last summer, was it? You could sit down inside and eat. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. I went to Thorpe Park. I ate inside. So. Mm. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they play that because obviously most eateries in the UK in the theme parks are inside because it usually rains quite a lot. Well, yes. I mean, at least they've got plenty of notice. Well, a fair bit of notice. They could, I'm sure, set up some outdoor options for people to sit down and eat. And I mean, clearly a completely different climate and situation, but they, I know one of the things people have been really pleased with about Universal, especially I think in Florida, is that they have introduced outdoor dining areas even at food places that didn't have them before so no matter where you want to stop to get food there should be seats available straight outdoors so again having not been to Thorpe Park and Alton Towers in particular I don't know how much room there would there is outside most of these places to set up some tables and and benches and whatnot but I reckon that's probably something they could do right they could just Oh yeah, because you haven't actually like been to any UK theme parks. So uh, I mean, uh, I've been to Legoland, Josh. I've been to Chessington. How many times do I have to say it? <laughs> I might have barely been saying anything more than Goo Goo Gaga at the time, but I have been. <laughs> um, I there are certain locations where I think actually uh, I haven't been to Chessington since they've restructured it and become more of a zoo again. I haven't gone to I haven't been to Legoland obviously since I've been an adult. Um, because that'd be weird because I have no kids. But at Thorpe Park and Norton Towers, there are some areas where you they would maybe struggle to put outdoor seating in. Uh, certainly at Alton Towers, because they've got some quite narrow pathing and that sort of stuff. But at Thorpe Park, they've actually got some outdoor areas already, so I guess they could extend them a little bit. I mean, you know, obviously, in some ways, with lockdown lifting, having dates almost makes me feel more anxious about it all than before you know as, as sick as i've been getting of lockdown it's kind of just felt like well you know we're in lockdown i guess whereas now that we have these dates to look to it inherently makes you feel more anxious about the situation we might be in by those particular dates whereas so long as you don't have dates you're just kind of playing it by ear right and just uh, sort of seeing yeah. how, we're, how we're doing i, 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 but, I to mean, be honest I've be- I am one of the lucky ones, I guess you could say. Uh, I've become quite comfortable in lockdown. Well, you're a Twitch star, so... Well, yes, naturally. Lock- lockdown's been the making of you, basically. Yeah, this meant- career you've been trying to make for yourself for... I don't think it's unfair to say, almost as long as I've known you for... <laughs> you think, <laughs> think back to the days of vlogs. Yeah. You know, those would have been a sort of late 20... Te- late sort of... Uh, uh, late noughties they, enterprise, they were, I'd say. So the, the vlogs were 2011, so almost 10 years old now. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so 10 year anniversary you know, this year. Maybe I'll bring them back out. The 10, the 10 year anniversary of you trying to make an internet celebrity out of yeah. yourself. Maybe lockdown is finally the environment perfect for that to come to fruition. Maybe. Well, who knows? Fingers crossed, eh? 
Hope this yeah. lockdown well, goes on longer. <laughs> well, we, we, if they do reopen on the 12th, the theme parks, will you be uh, keen to get back as you were last year? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a go. I, I could come. I, I could come. Yeah. You, you've been vaccinated. You're, you're golden. I have, actually, yes. I mean, I had been last week, so I can't remember if I mentioned it or not. If I didn't, here we are. I've been jabbed. I must say the 5G signal on my phone since then has been absolutely outstanding. Has, uh, has Bill yeah. Gates been keeping in contact? I haven't been sleeping well recently, and I think it might be because the voice is in my head, and I'm starting to realise that I think it's Cortana. Ah, uh, yeah. Which would make some sense because the vaccine did come, I believe, with the full suite of Microsoft Office software. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was other Microsoft stuff in there too. Yeah. And Cortana and Clippy fighting at it in your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, 12th of April then, Thing Parks in the UK can reopen. We, we'll head to some, we'll do some podcasts about it and some vlogs. Maybe Can I be in your vlog, Josh? Can I be in your vlog? Can I be in your vlog? No. All right, fine. <laughs> Maybe, anyway, yeah, we'll, hopefully, we'll have a look. Hopefully, hopefully this will be it, you know. What do you reckon? Is this it now? Do theme parks ever have to close again because of coronavirus? Or, you know, society in general, I should say. <laughs> uh, but, but mostly, specifically, the theme parks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everything is locked yeah. down other than theme parks. You can go nuts at theme parks. Yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if we play it right, then this should be the final reopening from COVID. I very much hope so. Uh, and it's the perfect opportunity for me to finally hit up some of these UK parks and, um, you know, who knows when foreign travel will be a thing again. And I think it will be a country by country on a country by country basis anyway when that happens. Yeah. It sounds mad. I never would have guessed this, but I would not be surprised if flying to the US feels more viable than flying, well, not necessarily even flying, than travelling to France. Just because, you know, much like us, it feels like, you know, the US has handled this whole pandemic absolutely terribly. But then at the kind of last possible moment, I think I've made this in an analogy before, it feels like a failing fo- failing but rich football team having an absolutely crap season who then like uh... spends their way out of trouble right at the last minute. Yeah. By buying a superstar player and everyone conveniently forgets the shambles that it's been until then. Uh, it feels like what we're doing, and it feels like what the US is doing. Whereas, you know, France, to be fair, have kind of been hovering above the relegation zone all season, and now they've they've fallen in. <laughs> Germany have been title challengers, and they're falling away also. That, uh, yeah, Germany are very much um, Steven Gerrard stacking it, <laughs> uh, and letting uh, that that Chelsea player score the goal, which took the, took away the title from them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Gerard on the ball is Germany about to get through the pandemic with one of the most sort of impressive lockdown strategies in Europe. And then Denver Bar stealing the ball is yeah. the is vac- is vaccine scepticism <laughs> <laughs> coming in to ruin everything at the last minute. Uh, honestly, though, I don't know if we have any German listeners out there, but uh, uh, take your jabs bitter. That's all I would say. <laughs> I don't. I don't want any bitter jabs, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Right. So there we are. To reinforce 12th of of April, hopefully, theme parks here will reopen and we will be able to go to some of them. Yeah. and uh, All I, of them, maybe, except Legoland, obviously, like Josh says, because we've got no children. Yes. To, Although... Uh, steal some. Obviously, Legoland is a Merlin property, and there's and, also one in Florida. A, uh, oh! Where are you going with this, Josh? Where are you going with this? Well, Tom... Merlin are building a new Peppa Pig theme park next to Legoland, Florida. Tell me more, tell me more. Did you get very far? <laughs> uh, the new park would I, take... gone. Well, no, I, I genuinely thought... I didn't know Peppa Pig was a thing. Wait, no, hang on, sorry, I'm getting confused. I was about to say I thought Peppa Pig were the M&S sweets. That's per- uh, Percy those are, Pig? Those are Percy Pigs. Yes. Just to be clear to people here, M&S is a very a middle class, well, kind of supermarket, but kind of, it's a department store, really. I'm trying to think of a good... Um, uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a JC Penny. In, in, is, it? is it? But they don't sell food in there, do no, they? No, no, they were like, a, originally Marks and Spencers didn't sell food, so it was like a JC Penny originally. Uh, oh, okay. And then Marks and Spencers had this ingenious idea to start selling food and... Uh, the rest of Marks and Spencers is basically failing and is being propped up by the food section these days. Well, the food's pretty good. I, and, and I think in terms of a US equivalent, and when I say US, I basically mean Florida here because this is the vast majority of my US travel. I guess it would be, you'd, you'd definitely put it above Publix. Uh, would, you, would you say it's in line with Whole Foods? Is it maybe even above of Whole Foods? Yeah, well, Publix is like a, Publix is like a, Sainsbury's, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think that, there's no parallel, no true parallel in America. I don't think, but Whole Foods is no, probably. I don't, I don't think closest. So. Uh, I, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to say it. Uh, Marks and Spencer's is overrated. Mm. Um, I mean, I've always been a fan of their sandwich options. You know, their grab and go sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit I, pricey. I, mean, I, I, I don't usually go for grab and go go sandwiches in uh, any shop. So. What do you have against grab and go sandwiches? They're not very good. Um, Can't really argue with that, to be honest. I, I'm out of the two people. food uh, shopping sections of Blue Water Shopping Centre. Uh, Waitrose <laughs> is definitely my guy. Waitrose is probably better. Yeah, you're you're not wrong there. Well, M&S, you know, in the last few years, M&S always used to only sell their own stuff. Yes, They've, and that was that was know, one of the main things that put me off Marks and Spencers actually. But, I mean, that's why you ended up with Percy Pig Sweets, because you couldn't get, your, you know, your Haribo in there. They came yeah. up with their own, uh, you know, gelatin-based sweets, and they yeah. were Percy Pigs. Overrated. How we got onto this is that I thought Percy Pig... Uh, sorry, I thought Pepper Pig was an M&S sweet, and so I didn't understand <laughs> why there was a theme park being built let alone in the uk but in fact in florida about this pig sweet now i know of course that it's pepper pig which is a different thing however that is also a british cartoon right i didn't know pepper pig was really a thing in america either no i so didn't either but um, why is this happening josh has, pepper pig is so popular that hasbro the toy maker bought the company that owns Peppa Pig for three point eight billion dollars. Billion mm. with a B. What? That's 
What? That's mad. That's a lot of money. That's I, that's half of the I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Where's my open world Peppa Pig RPG, though? That's what I want to know. Stop in the name of the law. Uh, so every dialogue option. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen snort, the Skyrim but... meme where they replace everything with uh, Tim Allen's weird noise that he makes? No, I haven't. I also don't know what the Tim Allen noise is. He goes, he's a. That's the Tim Allen noise, and basically they replace every single noise. So like every footstep, uh, every like sword swing everything with so you can hear someone walking towards you and he's going uh, uh, uh. it's that but Peppa Pig snorts okay that'd be the meme how <laughs> this has been a very odd <laughs> theme park podcast thus far uh, back on track somehow um, Josh do you have any more on this Peppa Pig theme park what's it all about what's it called what rides are we getting did I say Peppa Pig? I meant Peppa Pig, yeah. Uh, yes. Not uh, so Pig. the it's Chief Development Officer, uh, Mark Fisher, said, uh, as one of the world leaders in location-based entertainment, we are delighted to be creating the first ever theme park dedicated to the wonderful world of Peppa Pig. They've already had great success with Peppa Pig uh, World of Play attractions in the US and in Asia, and they're working with Hasbro to bring this new experience to Florida. They didn't release any specific attraction lineup for the park, but they said it will have multiple rides, interactive attractions, themed play areas and water play areas. And they have daily shows as well, so kind of um, a spiritual successor to the Barney show, I would imagine. Oh, too soon, Josh. Too soon. <laughs> the uh, They have Seriously, released some concept art, and it looks rough, I mean, if I'm honest. I still can't get my head around how much they paid for Peppa Pig. I mean, I have no reason to know why or how popular Peppa Pig is. Peppa Pig's big time. Uh, but yeah, obviously it's massive and I had no idea. But I mean, that I'm just looking here. That's about as much as Universal paid for DreamWorks that Hasbro have paid for Peppa Pig. And I had... I mean, you think of how much competition there is for sort of kid-centric stuff in Florida already, and none of them are really dedicated theme parks. They're areas within theme parks because ultimately I think theme parks should have uh, wide appeal, right? If you're, I mean, I, we don't know how much this will be to visit, obviously, but when you're spending a fair chunk of change to get into the theme park, you want it to be stuff that appeals to everyone. Yes. And you even compare um, this to like Bush Gardens and SeaWorld, which I think most people see as skewing a little bit older, but even they've got those big Sesame Street lands, think, right? And yeah. SeaWorld's actually looks quite good, doesn't it? Because it opened last year and it's, uh, you know, we haven't had a chance to check it out properly because of, of COVID. But everything I saw based on the online coverage made that actually look a lot better than I would have anticipated. So this sort of whole thing park dedicated to Peppa Pig. Uh, yeah, I, seems, I think it's important to point I'd out that... I think this was a weird idea in the UK, let alone the US. Uh, I think it plays really strongly in the UK, actually. Mm. Um, so that you got, to, it's important to point out that Hasbro that spent the money aren't building this. Uh, obviously, this is a different. They're different companies. Hasbro pl looking to make that money back in toy sales predominantly. Mm. Merlin have then licensed the property for theme parks off of Hasbro to build this park, and it's interesting. I, obviously, I, I think I have heard through the grapevine that it's 
semi-popular in the US, not nearly as popular as it is over here, obviously. But one of the big things I think they have with the Legoland Park in the US is they don't get as many visitors from abroad going there because abroad has a Legoland already. Why would we pay to go to Legoland Florida when we have Legoland Windsor on our doorstep, you know? And I think this new uh, Peppa Pig Park, which is uh, exclusive to the Florida area, will pull people into uh, Peppa Pig and Legoland parks and the hotels potentially there as well. Yeah, that's a good point that I had not considered. But yeah, I guess it'd be interesting as well to see how how British it feels, you know, whether or not. Because I think when you know, Harry Potter, they've really... Uh, they've really i think the britishness of all that is part of the appeal in a way and mm. people like that and so they've very much kept stuck to it uh, peppa pig again i'm not familiar with it really but i don't know you know how british that inherently feels and whether or not that would translate to a us park as well but i guess we'll just have to wait and see josh i look forward to your vlogs <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this, this isn't going to get made anytime soon, so uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait until I have a child, whenever that may may be in the future. Will you demand that your future child also set up a YouTube page to keep the the legacy going? Um, Smaller Dark Fordian from YouTube. Yeah, uh, eventually I, I I would expect them to inherit. Oh, inherit the channel. <laughs> inherit the channel. Yeah, grow into the beastliness of it. Well, if your kid only ever becomes, let's say, as sort of tall as me, you know, with a similar build to me, would you just sort of disown them at that point? Yeah. I'm I'm a beast. I'm not an animal, Tom. <laughs> Sorry, yes. I did not appreciate that important distinction. Yeah. Uh, speaking of beasts and animals and things coming soon, the Velocicoaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These segues are becoming <laughs> a, little bit di- a little bit difficult to keep up. But anyway, uh, the Velocicoaster, of course, due this summer, new Jurassic World, Jurassic Park themed uh, roller coaster at Islands of Adventure. Much excitement surrounding this for much of the past year. I think it looks awesome and uh, a better look than ever at it now because the construction walls have come down. Uh, the Jurassic Park area will start to feel like it's slightly more open self. You know, those construction walls have been up for a, a long time at this point. I mean, there were some construction walls up when I was last there, which was spring of twenty. 19 so yeah um, yeah. work has been going on for a long time but yeah as we gear up for the summer opening uh, the walls have come down we've got some really cool pictures that people have taken at the parks some video as well they're doing way more testing uh, with people on board as well and i just think this looks awesome josh uh yeah i i have to wholeheartedly agree tom it looks great really excited for it it looks yeah and I, I think the the kind of scenic work that they've done with like the rock faces and the the trees uh, and the and the plants and all that uh, the electrified fences that have gone up not actually electrified I should stress <laughs> I think the theming around the coaster much like Hagrid seems really on point and I think a lot of people that were maybe concerned that a roller coaster of this scale would kind of spoil the vibe a little bit in what is otherwise a fairly serene scenic area of the park. Uh, I think those fears might actually be, might have been addressed with this because I think it actually seems to me to fit in really well. And I, yeah, I'm I'm just very impressed with what I've seen. I can't wait. 
for it to you know soft open even and get a real good sense of what that ride is is really like and how much storytelling there is on board as well uh yeah it's just everything about it just looked really cool um i actually think it's it they've worked in really really well um i think the views out over the water are going to be really great and like looking onto the ride from the opposite direction as well it shows what these major theme parks uh can do um to create hype around them uh even in a pandemic yes absolutely uh, and the merch is already on sale uh, there are socks by the looks of things there are lanyards there are pin badges a pretty good looking mug actually i'm going to be in the market for a new mug by the time i go back here so that looks like yeah. a strong contender t-shirts as well i haven't seen any caps but i'd have to imagine that there will be a velocicoaster cap if there's no velocicoaster cap then i'm i'm not riding it i refuse <laughs> uh well be excited i certainly am for velocicoaster opening this summer people are excited online about that josh but people are mad online about something else and we're crossing our live to our internet outrage correspondent josh josh what are people angry about yes thank you tom uh it's something uh that i am myself even angry about uh it's the new ring uh for the water display at epcot the, there's a the new show is called uh, the Harmonious Nighttime Show. Uh, it's replacing um, uh, celebration. Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. I'm so disgusted. Um, <laughs> and in the middle of the lagoon in Epcot, uh, they are putting up this new ring structure, and uh, it's bloody massive. It's bloody right. massive. This poxy thing. Not only that doesn't even line up accurately with the walkway so uh, you used to be able to walk down the walkway and it would look and you was looking uh directly onto the pavilion uh for the united states the america pavilion and now you've got this great big whacking stargate in the middle of your view and it doesn't even line up perfectly so you can't see the american pavilion properly through the ring it's barbaric it a bit like um it looks yeah it looks quite industrial and uh kind of bleak looking actually like just standing there by itself it looks like the kind of thing that a hostile alien force would use to arrive and and try to enslave and or kill us all i'm not sure it quite i'm not getting a harmonious vibe from this no. <laughs> yeah. it's a bit monolithic um i don't i don't get it it's like mm. it's like they can't be bothered anymore, you know. <sighs> so, so I think you know when we talk about people being mad online, we often are doing it in a in a mockery for mockery's sake. We often think people are overreacting. So, are people right to be mad online in this instance? Do I you think. Th do you think? I, I, obviously, the internet is always over the top with how you know every. The sky is falling. Everyone is going to die in every scenario mm. ever. So I think it's still a little bit over the top, but it doesn't look good. Straight up no. doesn't look good. And most of the time you're going to, you know, people are walking around, you know, that used to be a really nice view looking out onto the American Pavilion um, and looking the opposite direction from American Pavilion onto um, 
yeah, the golf ball and uh, the rest of the you know the future area, and it's, it's just going to spoil those view lines, you know. Yeah, I think the one thing I'd say is that a lot of what you've just said, I think it's, it's true and valid, but it's also similar to what people were saying about the Velocicoaster in the early days. Oh, it will spoil the sight lines across the lagoon, whether you're looking from the port of entry or from the Discovery Centre. It will ruin lots of nice photo ops that have been there for 20 years. And I think people are coming around to the fact that actually it's going to add a lot to that section of the park and the park in general. Obviously, it's a bit different. That is a ride that people will be excited to go on and will be a major part of their day when they go to Islands of Adventure. And I think that, you know, it's baked into the scenery better than anyone would have envisaged anyway. With this, you know, it's it's a, for a very specific purpose being a nighttime show. I think the vast majority of people that go to a theme park actually don't stay for the nighttime show. And to them, it will just be this sort of kind of ugly looking, uh, noticeable, oblique looking structure that is just kind of standing there with no real purpose. And yeah, it may, may yeah. well ruin these sight lines that people have grown to like over the years, but... If I guess I, uh, till it's open and in use, we should maybe hold off on the absolute uproar. But yeah, for now, it doesn't look great. It's it's it would be almost like uh, sticking a massive magic hat in front of the Chinese theatre, or uh, well, it's a good you know redoing do the castle like a birthday cake. They'd never do those things. So they would never do those things. So what's changed for them to do this? That's the question. <laughs> yes, they they it looks they it, it looks some like bizarre you know, things. They haven't finished Tron, obviously, and they've put that on the back burner, but at least now we know what they've done, at least temporarily, with the Tron track that hasn't been used yet. They've <laughs> they've made a ring out of it and stuck it in the middle of Epcot. Yeah. Well, you know, waste not, want not, I guess. We'll watch this ring's trajectory with great interest, I suppose. It does see what comes bad. It. it looks so bad. Anyway, thanks very much to our internet outrage correspondent, Josh. Josh, do you have anything else? That's everything that's on my news list this week. Do we uh, Have we had any tweets that we haven't spoken about, Tom? Oh, that's a very good point. I did mention this last week because we've, we have had some tweets uh, in response to our recent episodes, and I keep forgetting to read them out. Give me a second. Josh, do you remember where people can go to tweet us while I'm looking for these? I do. It is Park Rush Podcast on Twitter. Hopefully. It certainly is. Yeah, it's at Park Rush Podcast. Absolutely, I know these things because I am a uh, loyal member of this team. You certainly are. You certainly are. Right. So we got uh, a few tweets uh, regarding our episode a couple of weeks ago, where we were talking about. I think we were having a kind of general chin wag about how the various theme parks in the US specifically have handled the pandemic and what they've been able to offer since they reopened. Uh, John Self, Pastor John, who regularly writes into the show, uh, has been able to visit uh, all the Florida parks since uh, COVID was a thing. And uh, he, he chimed in with some thoughts on what the parks have been offering during this time. Uh, he says, fair point about Walt Disney World and Universal Orlando charging the same price but offering less. This is about you know ticket prices mm. have stayed the same as they were pre-pandemic. But obviously there are certain rides that, and attractions that have been closed. Some... As, as we know, Barney are now closing for good. <sighs> anyway, uh, but he says Universal offering way more 
compared to before the virus in contrast to Disney World. So the experience is, is more reminiscent of what it was pre-pandemic at Universal, I think he means, than it was than it is at Disney. I think the it is more noticeable at Disney that something has gone wrong, that being coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas at Universal, obviously, everyone is well aware that it's not quite normal. There's less of a sense of that. And I think we've said as much before, you know, I think the danger that there will be if if someone like Disney makes lots of cuts and changes to plans because of COVID, you're going to end up in a situation where even if you are able to go back to the park one day and not socially distance and not wear a mask, let's say in 2022, 2023, there will still be reminders everywhere you look that there was a pandemic because there will be this unfinished Tron coaster. There will be the fact that Epcot's UK section still doesn't have a Mary Poppins attraction. Those kinds yeah. of things will still be kind of remnants of the pandemic. Whereas Universal, if they um, if they double down and go ahead with all the projects that they had planned anyway, and it's worth remembering that Universal have actually opened now. I mean, Velocicoaster is going to open. Uh, did Bourne open like post pandemic? Yeah, jo- uh, John has seen it and uh, has has uh, sent us some stuff about it previously. Yes, yes, he did, and it sounds p- pretty good actually. But I, j- I just couldn't remember if that was something that much like uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway opened just before everything went to hell. Or, or opened afterwards. I think yeah, it was I afterwards. I feel like it was afterwards, but... Mm, yeah. John also mentioned, we were talking about uh, the face mask situation. Uh, he's a big fan of the face masks that are being sold at the theme parks, though would like Marvel uh, masks uh, to be sold at Universal if possible. I'm assuming... I don't quite know what the rules are around Marvel merch at the Universal parks. You definitely do see uh, post-Disney merch in marvel superhero island you know mcu style yeah. stuff so there the obviously is a, a loophole there that allows that to still happen but whether or not i don't know whether they could come up with their own marvel masks i don't know i'm it, sure official marvel face masks probably already exist because disney springs and has that like knockoff marvel shop that then sells marvel stuff inside right it's called like the superhero store or something <laughs> but something like that yeah. It's, it's just they can't use the Marvel name, but everything else inside is all Marvel branded. And yeah, that's so weird, isn't it? That, that yeah, like you do have to kind of stop and sort of recognize the fact that that whole Marvel situation in Florida is utterly bizarre. There's no, like there's nothing quite like it anywhere else. Like everything around Marvel licensing in all mediums is mad. Like the theme park space is probably the tip of the iceberg because you've also, I mean, the Sony stuff. And all the crossover nonsense that seems oh, like it yeah. might go on now in the Marvel films. All that stuff is mad. Like, Marvel is just a law unto itself at this point, whether you're talking about theme parks yeah. or films. A, a lot of the film stuff it's has crazy. sort of evened itself out now that Disney owns Fox or has bought out yeah. everything in Fox. So, obviously, you've only really got the Sony stuff left, right? Which is yeah. Spider-Man and... I think it? it is just Spider-Man. There's also a weird situation because I was... My sister was my sister's re-watching all the Marvel Cinematic Universe films and obviously... Uh, like on Disney Plus, and obviously Spider Man is not on there, uh, but also the Hulk is not on there, and there's still some sort of weird restrictions around the Hulk oh, yeah, yeah. film license because I think it's owned Universal. by Universal. Yeah, it's owned by Universal for solo films, but not team up films. I believe is the situation. So Marvel can use Hulk in team up films without even bothering to ask. Yes, so you can't but have can't a Hulk make... branded film. Yeah. I think if they wanted to make a kind of a quote-unquote Hulk film, they'd have to almost do it by stealth. 
like, oh yeah, this is a Thor film, but it's actually mostly about Hulk. Yeah, we just didn't yeah. tell tell Universal that beforehand. Yeah, I think that's probably anyway. how you get around that. But then there'd probably be a uh, lawsuit. And... Yeah, yeah. Um, he John last week wrote in about the birthday cake castle at Magic Kingdom, which we were talking about because that's what they did for their twenty fifth anniversary. He also mentioned a wand at Epcot, which I yes. Uh, so uh, on the uh, on the golf ball, uh, Spaceship Earth, uh, they bid they put a big wand out the I think it was the left hand side as you was walking into the park. Big old wands kind of down the side of it, uh, and that was attached to the side of the golf ball. Ugly looking thing, really. I don't think it's quite as bad as the birthday cake or the top or the uh, wizard's hat in MGM, but it it wasn't great. That was for to the year 2000, I believe. And finally, on the endless cookie debate that surrounds this podcast, <laughs> I had suggested, having watched some uh, vlogs on YouTube about the Disney parks out of a sense of uh, withdrawal symptoms, and I'd come across for the first time, really, the Wookiee cookie, the um, Wookie which you can cookie. get in Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios, and I had suggested, or... Oh, if there's going to be a cookie that ever tops the classic San Fran Bakery uh, slash Croissant Moon cookie at Universal Resort, maybe it'll be the Wookiee cookie. But John does point out, regardless of how you might feel about how the cookies taste, uh, the Wookiee cookie is $6, whereas the uh, wow. classic Universal cookie is still only two fifty nine. That's a lot of money. So there you go. Uh, $6 for a cookie. Yes, that is a lot. I mean, you are technically getting two cookies with the Wookiee cookie and a little chocolate bar, but... I take your point. It's a lot of money for a cookie. I actually uh, came across a half-decent pre-made cookie uh, the other day, uh, made by Fox's, not a sponsor. Fox is um, the brand, but... <laughs> yes, yes. Right. So, yes, uh, John, thanks for writing in. You can tweet us if you'd like, at Park Crush Podcast. You can email us as well, podcast at parkcrush.com. The Twitch page, I guess, is kind of on indefinite hiatus because Josh has betrayed us all. And set up his own Twitch page. Do you want to remind the people what your Twitch page is, Josh? Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, twitch.tv forward slash beastly Dartfordian. Yeah, oh, you never know. There might be some theme park musings that go on just during yeah. the streams. Uh, Who knows? I, I might play some Parkosaurus soon. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, you may as well plug that on the Park Crush Twitters, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll just stop plugging the Park Crush Twitch account. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, you can find us at parkrush.com the show notes each week go up at joshualawrence.info I think that's everything so continue to stay safe out there everybody if you're in the UK with us we're almost there <laughs> we're almost there only what six seven-ish weeks left until oh. you can go to a theme park so stay strong everyone uh, we're almost through this we'll, we'll stay safe there. in the meantime and we'll see you next week goodbye goodbye